I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Hello and welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at Greece and at the prospect that elections in Greece will reignite the crisis in the Eurozone. Joining me on the line from Athens is Karen Hope, our correspondent there, and in the studio here is Tony Barber, our Europe editor. Karen, if I could come to you first, these elections are now about uh, two weeks away. I think it's January the 25th. Everybody seems to be assuming that the radical left party, Syriza, will come out on top. Is that how it's looking? The opinion polls certainly give Syriza a very consistent lead of around three percentage points. And the mood in the cafes in Athens is certainly that they're going to win. The centre-right New Democracy Party thinks it's very much in with a chance. They think that if, as we get closer to the polls, there are worries that there might be a Brexit, that there might be a banking freeze, that Greeks might suffer the same fate as Cypriot depositors who lost a lot of money when they were bailed in in 2013, I think that might be the case, but whether it's enough to win is very doubtful. Yes, we're looking at a far-left government in Greece, which would be unprecedented. And would Syriza win, according to the polls, by a clear enough margin to be able to form a government on its own or that it clearly dominated? That's a bit unclear. Quite a lot of people in Syriza itself seem to be preparing for a plurality, but not a majority. Possibly they'd be falling about 10 possibly less votes short of getting 151 seats in Parliament. So they would think about forming a coalition, and they are probably already looking around for possible partners among the small parties that are are likely to enter Parliament. And we're not even sure how many will at this stage. You need to get 3% of the national vote to get in. But certainly there'll be a new one called Topotami, which is the centre-left, started by a television journalist last year. It's never run in a general election, but it should scoop up quite a lot of undecided voters from the centre. And that could be one possible partner. And we talk about the phrase far left. Just give us a flavour, before I turn to Tony and talk about the European reaction, give us a flavour of what kind of policies Syriza are likely to try and push for. The far left idea is really based on Syriza's past. I mean, it's a collection of little parties of the left. It does have communist roots. Mr. Secrets himself was a member of the communist youth movement when he was at school. But it's moved a, a long way from that over the years. So its policies would certainly be generous and on the side of social welfare spending. And probably less so when it comes to defence, but that's not yet clear. And we now have this idea that they might crack down on the oligarchs, this clique in the business community that has an excessive amount of power and influence on Greece. But it's a little bit vague still. They talk in comforting 
vague terms about tourism, for example. We want to go for small-scale operations, not large, inclusive ones. But they haven't yet gone beyond sketching out details of many policies, at least in public. And Tony, I mean, a lot of the anxiety in the rest of Europe, however, focuses on what Sirius has been saying about debt and Greek debt. Give us a sense of basically how alarmed is the rest of Europe, Berlin, Brussels and so on? There is certainly not any mood of panic and there isn't even the degree of apprehension that I think existed in 2012 when there were two elections in Greece and Syriza looked like it might win the second one. At that time, Germany and the Netherlands and others were actively looking at the possibility of arranging Greece's departure from the Eurozone. Now, this is not the case. I think there is, in fact, behind the scenes, a quiet confidence that they could manage any difficulties that arose from a series of victory. And one of the reasons for that is that the governments in the rest of the zero think that almost no Greek government elected after January 25th uh, would have much room for manoeuvre because the negotiations with the Europeans over the credit terms for their loans for the rescue expires at the end of February and then certain payments come due after that that could not be met by Greece borrowing on international financial markets. They need the financial support of their creditors, official creditors in the form of the EU and IMF. So even if Syriza was elected or whether it was some sort of continuation of a new democracy-led government, no Greek government would be able to start dictating terms to the rest of Europe. And I think that's why there isn't a particular mood of concern. And they don't take the threat of default seriously then because you say that to meet these payments they would have to have the goodwill of the IMF and the EU. But what if they decided, well, we're just not going to meet these payments? Well, that would involve almost certainly Greece's exit from the Eurozone, and even Mr Tsipras himself says that he doesn't want that. So I think what each side is looking at, in fact, is some sort of compromise that does involve a renegotiation of Greek debt. I mean, it's already been taken the form of extended maturities for payment dates and lower interest rates and something like that could be arranged once again I think. However it will require Greece to sign up to promises of continued economic reform and that I think could be awkward. It might be difficult to see Syriza agreeing to rein in its promises of higher public expenditure and to stop privatisations and things like this. I think that could be awkward but nevertheless the outlines of some sort of renegotiation of Greek debt I think are there. So Karen I mean Tony says that there's a deal already in the offing but it could be awkward. I mean The trouble is, to me, it seems to me that the deal he describes involves Syriza campaigning against austerity and then almost immediately having to embrace it. Is that feasible? That's the real problem. The deal with the Troika from the international bailout, the European Commission and the European Central Bank and the IMF, called for more pension cuts, a lot more structural reforms that would be quite painful, and a number of other measures that the Syriza government really couldn't swallow. So you can see them having a problem the day that they sat down with the Troika mission after they'd come to power. And then you looked at delays and negotiations behind the scenes, and it could all get very awkward. Syriza doesn't seem too worried about having to pay up some money by the end of February. 
somebody I spoke to this week said, we're quite all right till August. We've got some cash reserve. We can spend the budget surplus. We can raise some more short-term loans from the banks. And we'll really only have to think about all of this at the end of July. So we could be in for some quite confrontational politics by Syriza, at least in the early stages of its administration. And of course, Tony, I mean, Syriza has its own electorate that it has to worry about, but presumably the Germans and others who will be leading those negotiations from the European side face their own constraints because they don't want their electorate to think, well, we've lent all this money to Greece and we're never seeing it come back. That was kind of crucial to the original bailouts. Yes, it's certainly true that any compromise between the rest of the Eurozone and the new Greek government that looked like hard cash being conceded to Greece or thrown away by the Germans, that would go down terribly with the German electorate. And I think it would also play into the problem of what action the European Central Bank might be taking in coming weeks in the form of a government bond-buying programme, which uh, financial markets are assuming is going to happen reasonably soon in an effort to give some sort of stimulus to the Eurozone economy. But it would be very, very difficult for the ECB, for example, to buy Greek government debt if a Syriza-led government was refusing to sign up to the continuing structural economic reforms that are the condition of financial assistance from the rest of Europe. So there could be stumbling blocks in the path of the ECB programme, which has provided stability in financial markets in recent months. Okay, and before we close, though, let's retreat briefly from this interesting but quite highfalutin discussion of how the people around the conference table are going to deal with it and look a little bit about what the situation is on the ground. I mean, Karen, the statistics from Greece sound horrifying, you know, unemployment over 25%, youth unemployment, I think, over 50%, a vast loss of economic capacity since the crisis. What does it feel like on the ground? Have Greeks lost hope or is there any sense that things are actually improving at all? sense of things improving to some extent over the last few months. There was certainly more shopping being done over Christmas and the tavernas and cafes are very full at the moment. And anecdotally you hear of many more people picking up jobs, not very good ones, maybe half what they would have been getting before the crisis and quite often only part-time. But it's a relief that these sort of jobs are available and that the unemployment rate is coming down. It was a terrific tourism year last year, so there's money around that's come back to Athens from the tourist islands, and there are hopes that this year should be good, provided there aren't any financial disasters in the offing. The bookings are looking quite strong. So definitely hope's not been lost. On the other hand, among those who are have been unemployed for a long time, it's pretty miserable. And in the suburbs out in western Athens, where the unemployment rate is probably over 45%, then it's really difficult. And the guys who distribute food are also having problems because there's donor fatigue on the part of people who make these things possible. So I think for this segment of the population, things are probably getting worse, not better. Okay, well, with that rather grim thought, thank you very much to Karen Hope in Athens. Thanks also to Tony Barber here in the studio in London. I'm sure we'll return to this story over the coming weeks, but that's it for now. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.